Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. It's very you demure. You saying hello to me? I was saying hello to you. Yes. Hello, <laughs> mom. Hello, Gabriel. Um, this, and this is Tina, my mom. Uh, she's the main subject of this, the Spilling the Tea podcast, which I'm welcoming you to now. Um, we meet up every week to to have a little chat, yeah. um, but also to have tea. Uh, and, and have a little tea review. We try a different tea each week, often from the English tea store. And, um, and then we talk about Tina's life. Um, cause, uh, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful life and one that she wouldn't go back in time to change. Oh, well, well, no. That was I the... am totally. If I dropped dead now, I would be totally satisfied. A full, interesting, edgy, full, interesting, loving, edgy, many things. Like today, could okay for anyone. Um, this could be a little X-rated today. Whoa. So here's a warning. It could be a little little spicy. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, well, I'll tell you why later. I might have to not be here for this one. You do it all. <laughs> Close your ears and home. <laughs> um, I was thinking, if you ever had a child, would, would well, what grandmother's name would you want? It wouldn't be like Miss T. <laughs> I, mean, no, I no, thought, it wouldn't, wouldn't be... that be funny? <laughs> You're going to spend the afternoon with Miss T, because T is my nickname. Um, no, I probably I probably wouldn't have my kids call you Miss T. <laughs> I've had people call me that, little kids. Miss when I was T. teaching uh, or, or choreographing when there would be kids, especially like inner, inner city kids and stuff, I was Miss T. Yes, Miss T, I'll give that a try. <laughs> Adorable. Maybe like Gam Gam? Oh, Jesus, no. No, no, you know why? Because for my era, gams are legs. It's like pinup girl legs. Yeah. She's got great gams. <laughs> no. Okay, all right, we don't need to uh, so, figure that out now. I, I picked gam gam because I knew you wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> Grandma? Yeah. G gammy? No, you're back to Grammy? the legs. Grammy. No, well, Grammy then... sounds like I should be have a corn cob pipe. Um, <laughs> okay, so the tea we're having today is from the English Tea Store, and it's a black tea from the Nonsuch, N-O-N-S-U-C-H estate, and I'm not going to say a lot about this because I can't pronounce half of the words. It says it's a blend of Nilgiri tea from South India. It's delicate, um, but it has more tannins in it, and that's why they mm. say it's good for like a breakfast tea. And it has a hint of fruitiness and malt. There's a whole paragraphs long about why it grows well in this part of the country, and you know, it, we, again with the winds and the rains and the breezes and the this and the that. No oh, heat. tell me of the acidity of the soil. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the way I said that was very weird. <laughs> um, 
What elevation does it grow at? Is it know. up in the mountains? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. No, I, I. it's one that I went. There wasn't like a... There wasn't a fascination about it like when we had Lovers Leap about, you know, the lover, it's where the tree they, they grown on the cliff that, you know, and they jump off the cliff and stuff. No, but um, it's pleasant. The, yeah, the, everything you said as far as the description, very accurate. It is a delicate tasting black tea. Yeah. Um, I can. It's I, smooth. I like it. It's smooth. I can taste the multi notes and all that. It's, yeah, it's delightful. Yeah. I would... I would have this any morning on a on a sunny vista. All right. So, All right. <laughs> what what happened is, um, I've I finished read. I think I showed it to you. I I have a book that is dedicated to the history of the combat zone in Boston. Okay. Yes. And I finished reading it, and it's fascinating. Um, and so I thought. I would talk about, it was only about three months long, but my job in the combat zone, in the lounge, the second story, second floor lounge, the attic, where I danced in the windows. Um, (laughs) But the whole thing with the pimps and everything, so that it, it... it's a little did I ever tell you this whole story? I don't know if I've gotten I've gotten bits and pieces for sure. I don't know if I've gotten the entire the, um, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, the real details of it. Anyway, okay, so for anyone who doesn't know what the combat zone is, um brief history in Boston um after World War II the city was really started to turn into a mess. A lot of the inner city, the the factories were closing. Um, sailors, this and that. I mean, it was it was getting neighborhoods were um, getting very dangerous. A lot of people moving out to the suburbs, mm. and uh, there was the place where entertainment, adult entertainment, was was started in, um, was mostly in Scully, Scully Square, which is where the whole government center is now. Okay. Um, and as happens, you know, unfortunately as happens in, in most places is there would be the theaters and stuff like that and the, the casinos or the, the nightclubs that would have, first-class talent, you know, the big bands and the first-class comics and the theaters would be like the operas and the, you know, A-list stuff. Burlesque, but high, high burlesque. When the economy starts going down, then those areas are prime pickings for lower burlesque, heading into, you know, the strip joints. Um, Vice comes in. It's, it, it, the movie theaters or the theaters turn into, like, porno-type theaters, you know. It, it gets, it gets seedy. So Boston wanted to clear out Scully Square. It's going to be the new Boston. And um, on, now, Combat Zone was 
Washington Street, which is right next to Chinatown. Okay. Which is more the theater district that people know now of, like, the, the Colonial Theater, the Wilbur Theater, um, Boylston and Tremont Street, across from uh, the Public Gardens yeah. and everything. So it's that area of town. Now, Washington Street did have, again, before the end of World War II, Washington Street was a mix of big department stores, Filene's, you know, tons of shops. Um, it was, you would, it was shops and really good restaurants. I remember my mother in the 50s, we would go into Boston, we'd go to Filene's, Ooh. go shopping, and then, like, we'd go to Brigham's Ice Cream. And we'd have, we'd have um, Sundays. And then there was, we'd she'd bring us to different restaurants, like, uh, what's it, something Shores. I forgot, steakhouses. There's, and we'd always get, like, I remember one place that was dark and with red leather um, booths. And we'd get Shirley Temples, of oh. course. You know, well, my mother sucked back the Manhattans. Um, <laughs> but it was, so even though, and there were movie theaters and stuff like that. So even though it was lively, yeah, it was kind of safe. After World War II, all the sailors, everything else, things started again. Same thing. They had cleared out, they were clearing out Scully yeah. Square. And what happened is the, quote, vice moved down to Washington Street and the the few streets surrounding it. Sure. It was no, it, in 1951-ish, it, my, my birth year, um, it, it got its first nomenclature. Is that the name of, when something's nicknamed? Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, someone said, you know, going down there with all the sailors and the, you know, and things are getting seedy. It's like entering a combat zone. So that's where it came from. Anyway, so Scully Square is gone. Okay. This is like in the early 60s. Everything moves. Not that particular porn businesses or whatever moved there, but the clientele yeah. needed some place to be totally you know for and and you know where the college students would go things. get yeah. you know you go have your night out and after a football game and stuff like that the the more what's the word prurient prurient oh i what's the word prurient carnal Purient. Purient interest? I don't, I don't know this one. P-R-U-R-I-E-N-T or P-U-R-I-E-N-T. Prurient? Yeah, interest. I think that's the word. Anyway. I don't know this one. Oh, and you're Mr. Vocabulary. I do like words. <clears throat> so, by the time I was in college uh, and worked down at the attic, that was 1973. I'm just going to give you a speck more history, which is I find really interesting. Is do you mind, is this boring? No, go for it. Okay, yeah. so they the the um, city officials um, didn't know what to do. the The Washington Street area, boarding on Chinatown, 
was getting like now we're getting into um like real porn and stuff like that and that has to do with a court case that was like what is the difference considered obscene for example between deep throat and last tango in paris how do you say uh. one is art and one is not art that type of thing and so there were three three rules of criteria but the porns, all they did, all they did, instead of just you know in a motel, you know, or, or, or not a motel room, but a, a, a instead of just having the acts sure. performed, they put a plot to it and say this is art. Right, right. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, it it was the adult bookstores where before you were supposed to, you know, you had to go to the back to the adult sections only. They were in the front window, oh. you know. Because that was, it was First Amendment. Did, so okay. So the city of Boston was like, what do we do? If we clear it out the same way we did in Scully Square, it's just going to go someplace else. Yeah. So they designated, there's, a, there's between five and seven acres that was to be known as the combat zone. Hmm. And within those streets... Anything could happen. You could have your totally nude strip joints. You could have your adult. You could have whatever you wanted, you know, with the movie theaters. And it would be contained. Sure. So it was kind of a social experiment. What would happen? Like, we are making a red light district, and you cannot do it outside. Right. The residents of Chinatown actually got on board with it huh. because they it was to be contained even though their businesses was were only one block away it wouldn't come it wouldn't to their it. buildings yeah. the shop owners around okay we can still keep our stores open yeah. you can choose to walk through the combat zone or not but it's not far to skirt around it cuz it's really only within a few blocks okay um, the other thing is that, like, there was one famous place, King of Pizza. King of Pizza. Yes, it was, they had a huge billboard and everything. Um, but they made a really good business. During the day, it was the shoppers mm-hmm. and the businessmen. At night, they would stay open until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Sure. By the blue laws, I believe most of the clubs had to close by 1. Yeah, um, that makes and, sense. And Sunday, it, it was different. I remember the blue, sometimes it was midnight. Maybe it was midnight on Sunday night, so they couldn't open. You couldn't open, you couldn't sell any liquor till noon, I believe, on Sundays or whatever. Um, the people in in Chinatown with many of their businesses... Again, knowing that the exotic was going to be contained to this <laughs> the exotic. exotic, the erotic exotic, would be contained to this area. But what would happen is a lot of the, they're hungry. So they, you know, people would sure. spill over and they'd stay open late at night, go to the Chinese right. restaurants and everything else. So, again, I was there the year before this was designated. Now, ultimately, social experiment didn't work. <clears throat> and the reason why, which I find kind of a pity, and it's what happens in so many cities, is that, you know, you go from Class A entertainment to yeah. B, <laughs> yeah. you know, B, B, B to X. <laughs> um, 
but accepted to crime. Yeah. The drugs, the prostitution, uh, murders. Uh, so it, it it gets down to crime, which then makes it dangerous. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to the combat zone, so that it was totally closed down. There's only two places that remain today in one small street that have, like, new dancing. Hmm. But everything else is now, like, Emerson College. I mean, it's... Just it is, completely... And they raised some of the theaters. Some, wow. the historical society was able to save some of the old theaters and, you know, they're used um, for legit shows. But raised other things, you know, mm. completely. Where I perform, <laughs> performed in the window um, <laughs> was, it. I, I wouldn't recognize it now. If, if the street names weren't there, yeah. I, I wouldn't recognize it. Anyway, so the attic was a place, it was called... Underneath was the Four Corners Lounge. It was a block away from, was on the corner of uh, um, Tremont and Stewart. Boylston, one block up. Yeah. Um, And it was right, uh, again, uh, what was so devastating to me, or or inspirational, a block away from the second floor windows, you could look out and you could see the Wilbur Theater. You could see the, there were three, I think I said this before, three main theaters that had New York shows. I mean, this was the tryout place it was. So it was a block away from, quote, the theater district. Sure. And the colonial, a block up on Boylston was there too. So anyway, I, the reason why I went down there, oh, okay. Washington Street was really like X-rated. That's the nudie stuff, and That's you know, the and everything. Stuff. Um, in where I was, I mean, don't I know it? <laughs> it was a the lounge down below. They might have had it. Maybe they had a, a singer. No, mostly it was jukebox. But it was kind of like if 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 it was mostly guys. Um, if they didn't want to go to watch a stripper, sure, but they wanted a cheap drink, yeah, it's you know, yeah, that type of thing. That I actually um, do know. That... And second floor, we danced in the window on this little stage, or in the back, in the back there was another stage, um, and we, I had on bikini, a little bikini, and um, I think I, as I mentioned before. If you wore pasties, you would get paid $10 more. I know that other stuff went on in the back room because deals were made for prostitution, you know, and stuff like that. Okay, so the reason why I worked there (laughs) is because graduating college, by uh, midsummer, I knew I was going to Portugal. I was, you know, Portugal to be in a dance festival with some seeing some we were dancing in it but fabulous companies and the plan was I'm going to travel around Europe until I find a job sure in a ballet company now the previous year in my junior year I had done the same thing 
that I traveled, I uh, went to Holland because I wanted to audition for the Netherlands Dance Company, but they were on hiatus. So my two friend, two two friends from school, we stayed in this little apartment waiting to see which opera house or what whatever company was going to hold auditions all through Europe. Yeah. And I, there was one in Kassel, Germany. So I grabbed a train. Oh, in this place we stayed in, in we were it was in Rotterdam that we stayed. The place had fleas. Oh. We it was damp. But, but I remember, like, we were going, geez, our legs are getting itchy, Ugh, you know, and yeah. ended up the, the place had fleas and all the carpets, you know. Anyway, so the previous year I did, I had gotten, a, I, I auditioned for this company in Kassel, Germany, and um, uh, that's another story. I ended up, fate had me not take the job, oh. and I went... I went back to uh, to finish my last year of school. That's another whole story. Um, um, I'm curious about Castle Germany now. Uh, well, well, okay. I'll say briefly. It was okay. We're talking seventy two. We're talking only twenty five years after the end of World War Two. Yeah. Um. When I was in Hamburg, I didn't have that feel of, some of these people may have been Nazi soldiers yeah. or, or in the Nazi youth group, you know, and had they not lost, Might what is their be. thinking? What yeah. are, you know, it was, it was kind of, it, it permeated the air in a certain way still. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying anything against German people at all. And I so applaud the way that they... But I've met Germans my age who have said, you know, it's really weird that we have to think about our grandparents as, as most of our grandparents were Nazis. Yeah. I, I mean, that, it's, it's... I mean they, they said it in a joking way, the person that I was talking to, but they, it was also like that little bit of, no, but it's true that most of our grandparents were Nazis. Yeah, I mean, so my thing was, if you were, let's say you were a Nazi when you were 20 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, only 25 years later, you're only, you're only middle-aged, just still, you know, and then there's the grandparents are still alive too, you know, and so in Castle, I had a, I stayed at, at a, at a, at a rooming house overnight, I did the audition, no, I, I got there and I. It was the night before the audition, and I stayed in a rooming house. It was it was gorgeously clean. This and I had this little room, and it was the first time I had a, uh, a coverlet, a, a, a goose down oh. cover cover thing. I was like, "What's this?" You know, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna do this at home." <laughs> um, but the, it was the lady who ran it. I was, uh, I, I mean, she knew I was American, and I was like, I. I don't know. I'm just uncomfortable. So I mean, you're the poster child for the Ubermensch. Well, I know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed. I mean, she may have. But, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it was just uncomfortable. Um, and I am so. I. I. Don't know. 
what I think that I, if I had been, you know, I can't hurt a butterfly. I can't hurt <laughs> any animal. I can't, I can't bear to see inhumanity in any way or in, in, in animosity in any way of hurting. I probably, if I was in a German in, in, uh, the war, I probably, or a Jew, or, uh, you know, an intellectual that was whatever, or, or a uh, resistance fighter, uh, working for the resistance, I'd probably be dead because of my anger. Mm. If somebody said, you must do this, fuck you, and I'd probably be shot. I don't know. Probably. Or yeah. working for the resistance. I don't know, but who knows. Anyway, no. Anyway, so I went to the audition. And I got it. I was, I got a contract to be a soloist, and um, I didn't have a place to. St I had to sign my papers the next day, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a place to stay. The, a twelve. Well, the the lead. Now this is a smallish opera house, so these weren't like the best of the best dancers. Sure. You know, which is why immediately I, you know, it's like oh so oh you know. <laughs> um. I, so the the lead dancer, this guy, he said, you can come stay at my place. Fine. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't think twice about it. And actually, he, st the place that the dancers and, because you work for the government. Oh. Uh. You know, in the same in France, you are, you are a government employee. Okay. All the arts, you know, it's, you're. It's all subsidized by the government, so technically, you know, um, yes, which it yeah, happened here more, yeah. you know, um, because there was no, it wasn't like the government could tell you what you could and couldn't do. It was, we believe in the arts, and you, yeah. you, you know, so, but the place that they lived, I was thinking an apartment, you know, it's something, it was like this dormitory, very sterile dormitory type place where they had their own room and there were communal bathrooms, very clean and all that, but sure, communal bathrooms, like a barrack, like a really nice barracks. Huh. And yeah. I went, I, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, uh, now I'm getting a little more uncomfortable. So... He had. A, he only had a. Uh, in his room, in your room, like a dorm room, there was a sink. But no toilet. It was a sink, a bed, a desk. And that's. And and you would, you would go out to go to the bathroom. It was down to the communal baths. Hmm. So. I'm. I went, I don't know where I'm going to sleep. I ended up sleeping with him, but literally just sharing the same bed. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. He didn't try anything. You know, it, it was, uh, it was fine. We ended up just sharing, sharing, sharing the, bed. the bed. So then, you know, he did say, I have to, I have to get up early. He had to be someplace. So he was actually gone before I woke up. And again, I was supposed to go and sign the papers. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. So I get up and, you know, I wash my face and this and that. And I went, 
I have to go to the bathroom and you know, I had to poop. <laughs> and so there was a key to his room and he had left the key. So I go out. Yeah. But there was a different key to get into the bathroom. Oh. And I went, oh my God, I'm kind of busting by now. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, I can't get into the bathrooms. Oh no. What am I going to do? So, oh my God. This was another bridesmaid thing, like like when I, you know, with the dysentery in Russia. I got back in his room and I went, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? I'm using the sink. <laughs> so I propped up on the sink. I did my bit. <laughs> then I took, I took a, I had a plastic bag. I took, <laughs> this is you, so gross. It's a little gross. I took it and... I put it in the plastic bag, and I went, I'll just, there's going to be a basket on the street. I'll throw it away. And I cleaned out the sink and everything else. But I went, this is kind of, I don't, you know, I yeah. kind of am, you know, getting more and more uncomfortable about staying here. So I started walking down to the theater, and I said, God, give me a sign if I'm supposed to stay here or not. Yeah. I need a sign. So I did find this this basket on the street and I surreptitiously put my my goodies in there. My goodies. I go to the theater which had the government the government office of the theater. Mm -hmm. And it's closed for the day because of some holiday oh. which they had forgotten to tell me. So I couldn't sign my papers. You know what I did? What? I went, I know where the train station is. Walk, 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 <laughs> walk, walk, walk. Went down the train station, got on a train, went to Hamburg. No, I went to Frankfurt, and I spent the night in a hostel. Oh, met some great people. Yay. <laughs> yeah, no, one guy from India. One. It was from all over. It was really in Frankfurt, jumped on a plane, went back, and spent my second. Okay, so that that's not about the combat zone. That's not about the combat zone, but it was a good good little interim. Sip of tea. Sip of the tea. Okay, so, so, the, so now you know why I wanted... Okay, I wanted to get a job because I was going to Portugal, um... With the with this, the conservatory, I wanted to get a job that I've mentioned this before, paid in cash, uh, not where you would get a check that you have to wait to, to um, cash it. Yeah. Not have to because I was planning on staying in Europe. It's like I don't want all the the FICA taken out and everything else. I need. I just need to save up as much cash cash as I can. I saw an ad, you know, dancers wanted, wanted at the attic, went down. Uh, you, you walk up this, it smelled so boozy. This dark stairway that's like worn, worn steps. It yeah. was an older building. And the steps um, opened right onto, it was like a horseshoe-shaped bar and the jukebox and the stage and tables and chairs and said the woman behind the bar it was it typical of what you would assume um 
pale face, probably in her 50s. Well, she could have been in her 40s, but she could have been in her 50s. She could have been in her, she could have been 35. That pale skin, yeah. she was a little bit stout, pale, paler skin with, you know, the cigarette, I mean, cigarette all the time, dyed black hair, mascara is black as the hair and clumpy, you know, and, and, uh, the red lipstick and just I mean, tough. If, yeah. if she, you could picture her with a, with a cigar, you know, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, asked, I was with, a, with a friend, can, you know, what's, what's the deal? So the thing you need dancers, she very brusquely said, it's $20. You wear a bikini. It's $20 a night. And it's the, uh, as I told you, 20 on, 20 off. Right. You dance for 20 minutes. You, um, you office 20 minutes. And during that time, you sling drinks. Minimum, uh, it, minimum that you have to hustle drinks, minimum 10 drinks a night. Right. Now, what I found out later from reading the book on the combat zone is that with the minimum of drinks, you know, because the drinks are like five dollars, seven dollars. Yeah, they they overcharge. Overcharge for the drinks back then, because I'm thinking five dollars for. It, it was supposed to be one dollar goes to me, one dollar goes to the bartender, and the rest goes to the house. Oh. I never even, and now some places did have a. Have it. You don't get your tip until, let's say, it's a minimum of five drinks. Sure. That even when I sold more than ten, I never got it. It was if you don't hustle the ten drinks a night, you're out of a job. Oh. So that was the incentive. I I got to do the ten drinks. Yeah. So so she said, when can you start? Can you start tonight? It was like, okay. So I ran to, I didn't have a bathing suit, I ran to <laughs> Filene's basement. Filene. Down in Filene's basement, you you fight for goods. I mean, those <laughs> shoppers, you have to, you, you can't show too much interest. If you show, let's say, let's say on the table four feet away, you look and, you look and hone in on, I want that. So one of the other shoppers will do the same thing and they'll go to grab it. Oh, oh it's, a, it's a fight. So it, it, it was really, shopping in Filene's basement was an art <laughs> because you'd walk around and you'd have to like keep your eyes roaming, remember where you saw something that you wanted and then make your way nonchalantly, quickly but nonchalantly back over to get it. You show interest. Subtly grab it out it's, of the side of your hand and then... Yeah. So I found two bikinis and one was like silver. It was silver lame. That, this shiny thing. And then I've forgotten what the other one was. I've forgotten. It was kind of like a regular flower bikini. I've forgotten that. I wore, the silver, silver, I wore the silver one a lot. I'd wash it out every night. So um, went back and now the hustling of, of the drinks is you have to have them buy you 10 drinks. Okay. And they didn't have to, you didn't have to have, the, you wanted to keep them drinking, but it wasn't 
you're trying to force 10 drinks, drinks into, into them. them. It's you have to buy me 10 drinks through the night. And the hours where we got there at 6 at night and we closed around 2. Okay, so yeah. So about eight hours to do the to do the ten drinks. Better if you hustle more. Yeah, I mean. So we get we get back there and it's like, what do we do? And she said, go up and start dancing. You can you can choose the songs you want from the jukebox. Dance, then come down, talk. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. So all right, you yeah. know. But it was so weird. I'm not used to going, hello, what are you doing here? Hi, what's, what's, do you want to have a chat? You know, <laughs> hi, you want to buy me a drink? It was like, I don't know. But what I did do was I kind of watched, there was a girl, I believe her name was Fern. She was, she was like a professional. Fern. She, she, well, it was, she had this long black dyed hair. She had biggish teeth. She wore pasties. She's so she was like the headliner. But she she was brazen. She scared me mm. a little bit. You know, but I would kind of watch now she was much more overt. Sure. She'd like put her arm around Hi honey. You know oh, but she's firm. you weren't supposed to touch them except for like maybe a pat on the shoulders. You know, it's like because it can't be seen as soliciting. Right. Or providing services to the, you know. It makes sense, yeah. And all that. So, I, I, I did, okay, now that first night, I got plastered. <laughs> drinking well. 10 drinks and sweating, you know, from the, from the dancing and everything else. Plus my adrenaline's going, I'm yeah. talking these, you know, they weren't all scumbags, but some were, you know. Oh. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. I remember when I was doing Uber and, you know, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. would roll around and guy after guy would have me bring them to the, to PT show club. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'd have to make trips to the strip club and I, I, the, the clientele was one in five was just a guy that was very drunk that wanted to see something. Yeah. Four in five were regulars. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I noticed. I mean, these were like, I picture like Willie Loman um, <laughs> from Death of a Cell. No, in that, you know the thing of, um, if they have a jacket on, it's... An older jacket. The collar is it's is dingy. Of afraid of it. You know, yeah. it's not. We did get the sailors. It's a little we, schlubby. We got you know. Um, so, I said to the I I was plastered, you know, and I went, oh my god, I had a ballet class at eight o'clock the next morning. Oh, Jesus. You know, eight nine o'clock where my classes rehearse all day. Yeah. And I went. I I came in the next night and I said to the woman, I went. I don't think I can do this. I get, I can't get drunk yeah. every night and do what, you know, I, she knew I was a dance student and this and that. And she said, okay, this is your first lesson. <laughs> she was, I give tribute to her because she was, she took care at the same time that she took care of business. Yeah. She said, you let me know if you want it watered. 
And I went, oh, so you could choose. Sure. And she said, you don't order the colored drinks, like like um, the brown yeah, drinks, yeah, yeah. you know, rye, bourbon. Because then I can tell it's watered by the color. You order, you order vodka, gin with water or soda. Just plain soda, salsa. They can't tell when it's watered that way. <sighs> if they suspect, some of them think it's, it's watered down. You grab that drink, you either slug it down right away with a ha-ha. With a ha-ha. Like, ha-ha-ha. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> or, or you spill it. You, you ha-ha and you spill it. <laughs> then the next drink you get, I'll give you a full one. Be warned. It'll be a strong one so that they think, you know, so they're not catching on. And indeed, certain times, you know, some of the guys would say, I bet you anything that you're screwing me. That's a watered down drink. Ah! <laughs> I would do that. This fake laugh. You know, like, turn away, gulp it down. Oh, what? I was so thirsty. Oh, I have to go dance now, you know. <laughs> or, ah, ah, and you spill it, you know. Oh, I spilled it. And the bartender would then go, oh, honey, you know, you spilled it. I'm going to give her another one for free, and then she'd get the strong one, you so know. So that it would be. Uh, so that you would have me. Who's But, I mean, what a, what, what a boon for the, for the bar that they're absolutely. not even having to pour the alcohol. They, now, what they do in the strip clubs is um, they water down the, the customers' drinks. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them are already drunk when they come in, or they, they ease it, like, I think it happens in a lot of bars. They ease it down, because yeah. when you're that drunk, you're not going to notice. Yeah, you know? yeah. And or you put an extra mm, of, lemon or li of squeeze of lemon or lime in, because yeah. then it gives that bitter taste to it, you know? Um, I'm sure it depends on the time of the night, but from, again, from Ubering... <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, for, so for the customers, they didn't get watered down drinks at at the place unless they were getting sloppy. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of, you know, a little more legit than a block away in Washington. <laughs> so anyway, well, who else would come in is, I didn't know at the time, but uh, especially when this pimp. And there's a few pimps come to find out. Um, but they had IDs that they worked like as at um, Tufts Medical Center. It was right down the street. Huh. And they had IDs that they worked there. You know, um, what do you call it? Maintenance or what do you they were on the... Yeah, maintenance is the custodial? Yeah. You know, or they, you know, as a, not, not, not like an x-ray technician, but... Oh. You know, bringing the food. I mean, I've forgotten the word. Orderly? Orderly. That yeah. type of thing. You know, and so, <sighs> but they always had these ideas. Now, whether they were legit ideas, I don't know. But I'm thinking, oh, and they were like regulars. And they would, it, you know, chat, sometimes buy a drink for you. But it was really more like I was going with other ones. I did latch on, thank God, to this one, oh, a bless, a mensch, who, I mean, he came in from the suburbs, he came in, like, almost every night, and 
not very attractive, sweet, but not mm-hmm. not attractive, you know, little pupchy and this and that. But he got a crush on me, never tried anything. He would buy my 10 drinks over oh, the night. Oh, wow. So that I would talk with him. And I did, you sure. know, and, you know, talk, 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 talk. And the reason why I say thank God for it is, one, it kept me away from some of the other nasties. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes when you're on stage, guys would lunge up and try to grab you. They'd try to get up on stage, you know, and the bouncer would, would uh, you know, get rid of them. Um, but, you know, there were some gross yeah. people. No, the, the, the Savior thing, and this is where the lady behind the bar, she saved my ass too. I, I never knew who the boss was. I I knew what mafia was, but I didn't really. Sure. I didn't know the depths of it. You know how many? But there was the boss. This very Italian looking guy. I'm not again. No stereotype, but he was. Um, would come in, and, and in all honesty, that's I I know from reading this book. I know the names of all of the oh, wow. of the owners uh, who were connected. Yeah. He, he would come in every once in a while, and uh, one night he came in and he said, it was, I remember I was on the, the inner side of the horseshoe at the end, and it, then you go around the horseshoe where the stairs come up, and he came in and he said to the bartender, I want Tina. And wow. have her come over here, you know, and... I, the the bartender came over, you know, this old brother, and she went, he wants to see you. And I said, why? He wants to buy you a drink and get to know you. And she was, like, staring at me. And I said, well, I'm with a customer right now, and this lovely man has bought me ten drinks already. I think I can get more from him. And, I mean, I was, like, whispering yeah, yeah, to her yeah, so yeah, the yeah. guy couldn't hear. And I think that... I should stay here. And she went, I'll relay the message. She goes over. Now, she was gutsy to do this for me. And she said to the to the boss guy, she's with, she's with this, the customer. I, God help me, had I gone over, well, I don't know. Right. I don't know. So this, this blessed from the suburbs saved my ass, you know, from getting into that. Anyway, okay, so so there were times that bartender was in the back. Mm-hmm. And she did ask me, there was one night she asked me to come. I, I'm sure I told you the story. She asked me to come to the back. And every once in a while I had to dance in the back room. But mostly, oh, it was so sad, Mostly in the back room was this um, woman. I'd say she was, I mean, again, you can't tell ages. But her her breasts were, she was probably 35. But you, she was strong. You could mm-hmm. tell that, that something, you know, it was the heroin or something. And her breasts were like saggy. You know, she, there was no tone to her body. And she'd be up on the stage, you just know, like, like just about flopping about dancing. Mm. It was so sad. It's really sad. And, um, Sorry. and, but she had a kid at home. Oh. She told me, I mean, she was, she wasn't that bright, you know, but I went, 
I can't know her story. I can't. It's going to kill me. It's going to kill me. And what can I do about it? But, all right, so she's in the back room. You know she's getting fucked. You know that if, if somebody said, yeah. you know, for a dime, you you know. So she was kind of like the prostitute. And Vern, I think she was the higher-priced one, sure. you know, for... Oh. <laughs> And um, this one, you know, she wore on these drooping breasts. She wore pasties. You know, it was no. It's almost like better that it, had she been in a bathing suit, yeah, instead of trying it. to be. It was so sad. Anyway, so I go back, and uh, bartender says there was one bathroom with only you. It was only one for for women because women weren't up there. It was, um, where you're going in the toilets right there in the sink. Sure. You know, and we would change in there. But the only women who used it were us dancers, you know, or the bartender. Yeah. And uh, she said, you go in there. There's going to be a package, like, mm-hmm. under the toilet. You bring the package to me. I give you a package. You put it back under this, you know, and there was like a, skirty thing under the toilet you couldn't you couldn't see under the toilet so i me naive as anything i don't know yeah. i don't know about drug dealing so i go and and i get the package and i and she said don't be big about it you know like don't be flat <laughs> don't be flashy yeah so i'm in my bikini though you know so it couldn't it wasn't like i could hide it because it was the size of money. Yeah. You know, or, or wrapped up. Or, or a key. Yeah. That's what went back. So I got this package. I brought it to the bar. Now, there weren't many people around, you know. <clears throat> brought it to the bar. She gave me this other package. I bring it to the bathroom. Okay, now you go front and you dance. You know. <laughs> this happened a few nights. Huh. And I went. I told my friends, I said, I don't know what I'm, what's going on, do you think? And they went, you are the patsy. Yeah. You are picking up the money and delivering and putting the drugs down. If you if there's a raid, you're the one who's doing the dealing. The, you know, and they said, don't do it anymore. So I went to the bartender and I said, I can't do that anymore. I can't get in trouble. Yeah. I, I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know nothing. You know, it was like, I don't know nothing. You know, I won't tell I'm not anybody. Anything. And she didn't, she just, no, she didn't say, like, yeah, I understand. It was just nodding. And again, I think she, it was, she's probably going, well, the stupid little girl finally wised up. You right. know what I yeah. mean? You know, yeah. Um, you know, and so she would, I think she was kind of like, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> you know, if she does it, great. I can, I'm, I'm can out of it. My it hands are clean, then, you know. Yeah. So anyway, okay, now we're going to get to, I'll go real fast, but because <clears throat> we're getting toward the end. So one of these guys who was an orderly, in quotations, at the, uh, at the um, hospital. hospital, we started like getting a crush on each other. I started getting a crush on him. True. Well, you know what? I mean, so he asked if I, can I give him, can he give me a ride home? I went, sure, you know. Okay. 
And I I did have my friend with me. I, you know, I said you, she was going to give a ride to both of us. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we go out, and it's like this Lincoln Content. What are those long cars that pimps use? Um, Escalades. Now, however, I mean, you know, a caddy or I mean, yeah. one of one of those. However, this is early seventies, and those cars were still around. Right. So you know, normal. But I get in. Cadillac? Yeah, I mean, kind of, you know, that yeah. Lincoln Continentally type, whatever. Yeah. So I get in, and hanging from. <coughs> hanging from the rearview mirror are two. The fuzzy dice? Fuzzy dice! Oh my god. And I, I went, I think, I think that means something. But again, what do I know? What do I know? I'm so naive. But I remember going, hmm, I think maybe Pip, maybe. But he's such a nice guy. You know, he's maybe it's just decoration. Because yeah. the and a lot of people had those fuzzy dice back then. Okay, so fast forward. Gives a ride home. You know, nothing draws me off. Boom. Then one day he says, um, can I come over? for the afternoon, and I thought, sure. It was, you know, and I didn't have to work that night. It was night off. It was like, a, I don't know what day it was. So he, no, I had this crappy apartment. I didn't even have a bed. I just had like this sofa thing, <laughs> and my, 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 my walls, I mean, my floors were so tilted that the bed had wheels. I had to like put, <laughs> put, Blocks on the wheels because it would roll down. down, and you know everything had to be secured. Um, but I slept on it. It was like a day bed type sure. thing that I rented. So he shows up about four in the afternoon. I remember because it was light out and it was summertime, and he has this enormous boombox. Huh. And I was like, well, okay, you know, I mean that's loud, you know, but he brings up this boombox he gets up there and you know we're kissing and this and that because I mean sure. I thought he's this orderly you know and yeah. boom and we we do it once and then he pulls out the cocaine now oh. I did not do drugs I think in other episodes it when I'd go oh and the drugs it was the drugs around me right. I, I I didn't do drugs at all so he said, "You want, you know, you want some whatever snow or whatever it was called back the then." The yayo. And he's like, <sighs> "I mean, snorting, oh, yeah. he's doing, snorting. doing Hollywood." And, off I, the and back I was like, "No, the... I'm good. I'm good." Well, riding the slopes in the Poconos. Ten hours of fucking. Jesus Christ! I thought I was going to die. I'd even go. I'd say like. <sighs> Can we take a break? You know, you want something to eat? You know, something. No, boom. You know, and he's, I mean, he wasn't violent, but it was, my insides were like, I was like, oh my God. And he was kind of big, you know. I mean, it was, it was, and that's too much information. It was 10 hours. And with the boombox and the play, you know, the doom, 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 music playing. And at the end, it was six o'clock in the morning. I mean, no, 
ten, I remember it being 10 hours. No, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, you got to go home. you you got to go now. And he went, honey, it's okay. Now you're my ace. And I said, what do you mean I'm your ace? And he went, you work for me now. You've just been blessed. Oh, shit. He was a pimp. That was the initiation that if you if you know a lot about hookers, you know that your pimp takes care of you but blesses you with fucking you huh. whenever and and a lot become enamored, you know, oh he likes me better. He's with me tonight. Right. You know. It is it's, it's another whole, it's another whole society. Yeah. And I said I'm he said now he went the reason why I'm calling you my ace, you don't, you're not going to have to work the streets. I get you appointments. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not a hook. No. And then he started getting like, do you like the coat hangers? Uh. He started threatening me of beating me up. And he went, I can blow your mind. You know, where he was, he was insinuating of, Stick the needle in me, get me hooked. Yeah. He went, there are ways you don't say no to me. Fuck. I, terrified, terrified, what do I do? I just played like, okay, I'm just so tired, you know. We'll talk about this tomorrow. And knowing I had to go to work the next day. Well, t- you know, and I was like, I, I, I'll think, I was like Scarlett O'Hever, I'll think about this tomorrow. I can't, I cannot, I can't upset this guy. He, he'll he th- knock me out and throw me in that dice car, you know. <laughs> God knows yeah. where I'm going to end up. So, I went into work the next day, and of course he's there. But what I did, <laughs> what I did, I'll talk fast because I know oh, we're at the end. What I did is I brought two of my male friends from school. Mm. I said, please come down with me. You're going to buy me 10 drinks. You you are you are my savior. And they said, we don't have any money. And I went, I paid them <laughs> to keep the, me, yeah. you know. And so, I mean, it's so lost money, you know, because I do the 20 and I keep on giving. I right. gave them enough money to buy their own drinks plus me. Oh, wow. You know, it was... Because I was terrified, but it was a way to stay away from him. So I went, but I went, I can't do this every night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, but I want to earn money. I only had about two weeks left to go. I need the money. I need the money. So what I did is there was another tall black guy, gorgeous, who would come in. And I knew he kind of liked me too. I didn't know if he was a pimp, though. Now I'm going, right. everybody's a pimp. Everybody's a pimp. So, but I went up to the tall guy, mm-hmm. and I said, here's my situation. And I told him the truth, and I said, can you protect me? And he said, don't worry about it. So I started going out with him, and he protected me. Oh, wow. And... I mean, where I remembered the first pimp, his name, his name was, his name quotes, David Jones. I will never, which, you know, sounds Davy like, Jones. Yeah, it sounds a little, you know. But this tall man, I could, 
I didn't have to. He stayed at the club. He would escort me home. Huh. He didn't try to do anything. I could be with my little bless, you know. Then we started liking each other. Yeah. So I so I did it with him. Wow. But after <laughs> but it was nice and it wasn't like okay, he knew I was going away. Yeah. He it was like even if he was a pimp, I a soft spot in his he brought me to see on on Boylston Ave, there was a cinema called the Prue where Deep Throat was. <laughs> No, this is up near the Prudential Center. But there were restaurants and there was a jazz club. He brought me to this jazz club I had never seen. Ah. And we're talking major people, because this is right across the street from Copley Square. Yeah. You know, I I didn't know at the time who I saw, but it was like a whole new world opened up. And um, so he got such a crush on me. He wanted to bring me home to meet his mother. Oh, wow. And I said, and can I stay? Do I need to go to Europe and stuff like that? And I said, I went, I am not inside. I'm not going to go meet the man's mother. Yeah. This is, that's, even if the mother accepted me, which she probably wouldn't, she'd probably go, who's this white girl (laughs) you're bringing here? You know, what are you thinking? You know. I don't want this, he helped me so much, I don't want to make it seem like yeah. I'm even thinking about thinking yeah. about staying, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that's not so, true. So, that way he was my angel. Yeah. And protected me against against what could have been, could have been a tragedy. A dead end. A tragedy. Because yeah. yeah. you know, you've seen, if you start getting shot up with... Oh, Heroin. No. Some, you can get hooked like yeah, boom, some, boom, 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 boom. Some stuff you, some some doors once walked through, you can't go back. And as long as they keep shooting you up, if yeah, if you're not or, ever clear minded, or not letting you escape in any way, yeah, or, or beating you yeah. if you try to say anything on yeah. top of everything else. Yeah. The other thing that happened, the very last story, very last story, is while I was there. A reporter from the at the attic, a reporter from the Boston Globe, had heard about many of the strippers and stuff who were college students who actually were putting their, they were earning money to make their way through college. She heard about me. Oh, <laughs> she shows up. It's like one of the few women who ever came to the bar, and she wanted to interview me. I I gave her a false name, <laughs> I, you know, because I went. No, I yeah. can't. No, I'm getting out. i got to get out of town. And thank God she came only about three days before I was taking off for Europe. So I got out of town. Okay. How'd okay. you like that story? That was a great story. Wow. That's the... the um, cheers. Cheers. Swallow. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All righty. All right.